Lega hands it to the left side. Gain of about five. Ball popped out. Boise State hoping for a fumble recovery, and they may have it. And they do, and they get the game's first turnover at the Utah State 26-yard line. First and 10, Boise State leading 14 to 10. Inside the Utah State 35, run left side. Halani, Halani shakes two tacklers, sees the end zone, and scores again. George Halani with a 33-yard touchdown run, and Boise State is ahead 20 to 10. Milstead gets the snap, rush closes in, another sack. This time it's Hassanin, and Hassanin now with seven straight games with a sack. Six sacks for Boise State. Genty again, left side. Genty into the end zone, touchdown. That's his 12th rushing touchdown of the season, five yards. And Boise State has now scored 37 unanswered points against Utah State. Last time I had that much fun was probably winning a championship. Uh, that was in 2019, but it was really exciting to see, you know, just go 1-0 with Coach D and um, just win this game. It means a lot to not only him, but only like a lot of these seniors out here for sure. Coach D was really, really emphasizing like having fun, playing fast and playing together and playing smart. This is the most close this team ever been, ever been with all the changes happening, with all the coaching changing. This is the most closest we've ever been together. Like, okay, we're going to get it done for that guy. We're gonna get, we want to get it done for Coach D. George Halani, he said it was the most fun he's had on a football field since 2019. Ahmed Hassanin, one of the sack masters in the Mountain West Conference, maybe it's the most fun he's ever had. If anything, Boise State found that football can be fun again in Logan last week. Welcome on in to Jay Sports Bar. I'm Jay Tust, joined by former Boise State three-time All-Mountain West defensive back today, Kekala Kaniho, Shane Williams-Rhodes on vacation. How's it going, Kekala? Doing great. Thanks for having me. How much fun was it watching Boise State have fun again on a football field? I mean, there was a noticeable joy and passion those guys played with last Saturday. Yeah, it was great. I mean, as a fan seeing the joy and excitement and you could tell it was really genuine from start to finish you know before even getting on the plane you see some videos on instagram and mm -hmm. i'm like these guys are having so much fun right now and it makes you happy being in me personally being in a locker room before having that feeling before a game it's like watch out on the other side because when everybody's playing together in that way mm -hmm. it's hard to stop you had to go through a bit of a coaching change during the end of your career here at Boise State. And granted, it was very different, right? Brian mm -hmm. Harson, uh, once the season is over, right before the bowl game, he says that he's going to leave for Auburn. Um, how would you compare that experience to this in-season coaching move that uh, was for much different reasons, I guess, than, than that move, Kikala? Yeah, I think at the end of the day, as cliche as it might sound, the only thing you can control is – what's right in front of you in a sense. And so when I went through the change of Harson, accepting the position at Auburn and leaving, um, it immediately became, okay, who's still here that I know is still here? And how do I connect with them to figure out how we want to push this ship forward? And so it's in times, I wouldn't call that adversity, but it's in times of change and uncertainty mm -hmm. that I think you find where your foundation is and what your um, pillars are that you want to lean on. And for me in that time, it was the other seniors in the room. So the Riley Wimpies, the Joe Velasquez's, there's a ton of guys, right? Like there's all these guys where I'm calling them and I'm like, hey, what do you guys want to do? And what do you think you want to do? And how do I fit into that mm -hmm. with all of us? And collectively as seniors that year, we're like, hey, the guys on the team right now don't know who's coming in. But if we all leave, who's going to be those guys that can be some consistency or be in a spot of leadership to help smooth that transition? And so I think we took that mindset as players and as seniors and tried to make the rest of our decisions based off of that being the intention and the foundation. So are you saying that you might have explored, like, what else was out there in terms of another opportunity, Kekala, but then – Maybe felt the responsibility mm -hmm. of, of Boise State to make sure that you guys were part of the seniors that bridged the mm -hmm. gap to this new regime? Yeah, exactly. I mean, everything at that point's on the table, right? I was in a position personally where it was, hey, do I declare and do the NFL thing now? Do I come back here? Is there a graduate transfer opportunity somewhere? Like, mm -hmm. you can't say no to anything, and you're trying to figure out what to say yes to. And so having those conversations definitely – helped me understand, hey, this is what my purpose and my goal is. Like These guys I played with and built relationships with over the last four years, if they're coming back and this is the reason why, 
I want to be a part of that too to keep those guys all tight together and smooth that over. So that's, I mean, that was the foundation for my decision and our decision as seniors that right. year. Um, it feels like the perk with that, though, at least for you guys, is that you didn't have the pressure of still having to finish a regular yeah, season at that yeah, point, right? Totally, yeah. And so for these guys to come together in such a, such a short amount of time, how remarkable is that? I mean, I think that after the game in the locker room, DJ Schramm presented Spencer Danielson mm. with the game ball. And at that point in time, he yelled out to the man that brought uh, brought life back to us this week, mm -hmm. right? And I think you certainly felt that with the, with the way that they played. But how much more challenging do you think it would be if you had to turn around, man, and play what is a must-win game yeah. in order to secure bowl eligibility for a program that has a tradition like few others in college football, mm -hmm. 26 years of getting to, to a bowl game. I mean, Boise State had to win that game in, at Utah State to mm -hmm. make sure that they could do that. Yep. Well, I think it's honestly a blessing in disguise because when it happens that way and very quickly – you don't have a lot of time to think, and you kind of just react right. to what your gut reaction is going to be. Football becomes almost like the distraction you need. Totally. I'm like, hey, this is, well, in two days from now, like, I'm going to be practicing. I got to focus on that. I got to figure it out. And you don't have time to go through your mind of what if this, what if that. Yeah. And so I almost think it helped the guys a lot more to be like, all right, like, here's where we're at. This is what we think we should do and what our first reaction is going to be. And you could see that brought everybody together. And I think that's a testament to the Boise State culture and the brotherhood and the way that we've done things here that's been passed on time and time again from tradition and people that came before us, where it's when we're down and out or our back's against the wall, which there's no greater test than what we just kind of went right. through. Like, here's what our foundation is, and here's who we have. It's each other. And football is still going to be there tomorrow. And so we got to go and do it together. So let's, right. let's just go and do it. I think it's kind of crazy that all of this had to happen to reveal that, right? Mm -hmm. I'm right there with you. Like, it, all this had to happen for the guys to look around and go, you know what? Yep. Th this is about us, and we got to get this done, and, and we can be together, and we can do this. And Ahmed Hassanin, who said this after the game, at this point in time, despite everything they've been through, despite a 6-5 and five record, which if you're going off Boise State standards, that's well below the, the standard, mm -hmm. um, it is the closest the team has ever been. Yeah. And now they get this chance to not only salvage the season, but in all honesty, make it the best since early in your playing days in 2017. Mm -hmm. I'll explain. 2017 was the last time Boise State won a Mountain West Conference championship and went on to win a bowl game. The 2019 season, super successful, over 10 wins, win a Mountain West title, but that was a tough day in Vegas against, mm -hmm. against the uh, Washington Huskies and yep. Chris Peterson, right? So in 2017, if you go back, you win the Mountain West title, you win a bowl game, again, and, and everything feels great. That was a really impressive bowl performance, too. Yeah. Uh, you got, you, was that, no, that wasn't your only touchdown, but it was your first touchdown in that game, right? Yeah. Oh, that was my second touchdown. Second touchdown? Yeah. I had the scoop and score over San Diego State Scoop and score against year. San Diego State. Okay. But that one was fun. That one was probably like the cherry on top for that. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it was against Justin Herbert, right? Yeah. I mean, that's pretty cool. That was great. Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, so they still have a chance to do this, though. They can yep. get the nine wins, man. Like, everything is still in front of them. And right now, all of a sudden, this, this kind of feels like a team of destiny, in my mm -hmm. opinion. Yeah. When you look back and, you know, I was telling you this before when we were trying to figure out what was needing to be fixed to get just over that hump of losing by one point, losing right. by three, three points. I told you, I'm like, when, you, when these guys look back mm -hmm. in five years from now, 10 years from now, or just next year, and they say, look, we looked adversity in the face and we didn't quit. We kept going. We figured out a way to do it. We kept putting one foot in front of the other. Like, that's going to be a bigger lesson that they learn yeah. than maybe a undefeated 12-win season. I mean, both of them are hard, right? But I think in times of true adversity, your character really um, comes out and grows even more. Yeah. And so, like, to your point, the way that this thing could shake out, if these guys keep doing everything they've been doing, putting one foot in front of the mm -hmm. other, chipping away at it, like, at the end of the season, whatever the outcome is, they're going to look back and be like, hey, because we stuck to it, because we didn't quit, because we all came together, because we put all of these things in place and prioritized our life the right way, mm -hmm. this is what still could happen at the end of a crazy year for right. us. And you take that and something comes up in your life three years from now. Well, the only thing you remember 
or the last thing that you did that was similar to that was this season. Right. And that's why I think football is such a great foundation for life and building character and um, building a lot of these values that at the end of the day, you're going to take and use in your life for the next 40, 50, or 60 years after you finish your time here at Boise State. This is one of those things where you, you bring up, it might sound cliche, this next thing's going to sound cliche, but it will all eventually come back around to pay off in life, right? Like if, mm -hmm. if, if you're not yeah. going to do it, once you get out there and you're trying to become a, a young commercial, you know, real estate mm -hmm. person, or you're starting to try to maybe push your own brand of, of golf apparel, yeah. if you're not going to do it, who's going to do it? Right. And, if, and if everybody develops that mentality, like, okay, I'm going to do it. And you got 11 dudes on the field at one given time that all have that same push, that same drive. Mm -hmm. Well, we saw what it can add up to. And that's a 40 45, 10 beat down over Utah state. And what at that point in time was the most important game of the season. Totally. Yeah. I mean, you just got to keep taking action, right? Like mm -hmm. adjust your focus and do the work and do the action. If you just talk about it or think about it or put it on a board, but don't do anything like, you don't go anywhere mm -hmm. and if you don't make the action you're not going to learn or be successful either way you're not going to fail you're going to learn something from it yeah so like just go and do it like what are you what are you scared I for just, i just feel like i sat I, okay Kyle, i've sat through every single press conference this mm -hmm. year i've sat through almost every single player interview this year and my whole my big takeaway from this last that's this last week or so is that man if, if you want to talk about things that help spark a successful football team love and passion are absolutely a part of the equation mm -hmm. i also felt like this last week it became an action and i feel like for a lot of this season prior to this again my opinion we heard about the standard we heard about the brotherhood we heard about all these things that have made boise state football great mm -hmm. but i don't feel like there was a consistent enough action and we heard inconsistent mm -hmm. um, the entire season with the performance of the team and all of a sudden, that again, I, I felt like it all became an action last Saturday in Logan. And passion and love were certainly part of the equation. Yep. And the post-game celebration yeah. on that football field <laughs> it was great. Was probably the coolest thing I've seen in my time at, at Boise State, it covering great. Boise State. Yep. It was certainly the most unique. I mean, we're talking about Game 11 in Logan, Utah. And all of a sudden, you have multiple Gatorade baths for mm -hmm. the head coach. The head coach is giving an interview on national television, and all of a sudden, the entire team, and I mean the entire team, yeah. swarm Spencer Danielson. Yep. What is Spencer Danielson's role in all of this, K. Cowley, mm -hmm. in your opinion? The Spencer Danielson you get on a game day on Saturday is the same Spencer Danielson you're going to get on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Like, that's him. Mm -hmm. And he's so genuine and so sincere. Yeah. And when he says, I love you and I care about you. He means it. Yeah, he means it. And the stuff, the actions that he does validates that and confirms that. Mm -hmm. And so as a player, it's like, I trust everything this guy is saying and everything this guy is doing because he hasn't showed me otherwise. Mm -hmm. And over time, you do that long enough, right? He's He's been here seven years now. Seven years? Yeah, seven yeah. years now. He got here as a, as a GA. That was on, on my official visit yep. in 2017. He was a GA like two weeks in. Okay. Yeah. What was your first impression of him? I loved him immediately. And he, he told me and my parents, I just got here, but I love this place. Here's why I love it. And if you come here, here's all the things that we can set you up to do. And we're going to go find you a girl in church or find you a girlfriend in the church. And I'm like, hey, this guy's like class act. How'd that, he, work? How'd that part he, work out? He believes in family. <laughs> he believes in faith. He believes in football. And, like, all of these things mm -hmm. are all big values in my life. And I haven't seen him once steer away yeah. from what that is. Yep. And so if you have seven years of trust banked up and sincerity and genuineness, Dude, like, watch out. That hits the nail on the head for me this week. And I think that at some point in time when we were driving back, you know, early in the wee hours of Sunday morning as we were, as we were about to come back to mm -hmm. Boise – that kind of hit me, mm -hmm. and it felt like the first time you meet Spencer Danielson, he's so passionate that it almost feels like it is ingenuine because you're like, how can he mm -hmm. be this way all the time, yep. right? Yep. And then every single day, he shows up and just repeats that, right? Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, you're like, wow, this, this dude is extremely genuine. Yep. He's extremely passionate. And for me, I felt that the seven years of, of trust that he, he was building in his players – 
those guys returned the favor to him on Saturday. Yep. And that's why they won by 35 points. They scored a season-high 45 points. They limited Utah State to 10 points, their lowest against a Mountain West opponent this year. They forced a season-high four turnovers in mm-hmm. that game. Yep. They had a season-high nine sacks. Not only a season-high, Kekala, it tied the high for any single game in the FBS era really? at Boise State. Let's go. All of these things came together on a team that, like, we go back and we talked about, man, this defense has kind of struggled. The offense has been really good good at times, but there's a, there's been moving pieces on that offense Mm -hmm. and it all came together and clicked in in logan and it looked as it could which is absolutely dominant yep yeah i think that's a fair and honest true assessment of who's coach diaz yep and why the players responded that way well let me ask you this so we found out some new information today on the boise state coaching search jeremiah dickey i was able to confirm he has conducted nine zoom interviews Mm -hmm. right not eight but nine and those are with nine different candidates. So that wasn't just a, you know, uh, messing words around to make it seem like more or multiple Zoom interviews with one. That's nine Zoom interviews, yeah. nine different candidates. Also, it's worth noting, because if you think about it, and this is a little bit of a guess on my part, you're probably not Zooming to interview a guy like Spencer Danielson. Mm. So there are, I've also confirmed that it's not just limited to nine candidates. That's just a very literal thing. Nine Zooms, nine candidates. There are more than nine candidates. Mm. Uh, I feel very confident that Spencer Danielson will be taken seriously because of how he's performed so far in 10 days at this point in time at the rec- at, when we're recording this podcast yeah. as the head football coach. Do you think he can do this? He, he's, mm. he's still relatively young. Uh, his naysayers will say, ah, the defense hasn't even been good that year. Why are we promoting this guy? You know, mm. Do you think he can be a head football coach at Boise State right now? I think he could. Why? I mean, he just did it last week. He, he, he did it last week. <laughs> and But what's the saying? You, you are a business guy, right? Mm-hmm. You, you are breaking into commercial real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not supposed to make decisions off of emotion. And yep. right now, man, we are living off emotion <laughs> yeah, right. when we that's talk right. about the Boise State football yeah. program. Well, you look at the track record, like everything we just talked about. Okay, who's Coach Danielson been last week? Who's he been the week before? Mm-hmm. Who's he been the last seven years of being here? Yeah. And I think there's enough evidence there to say, here's a guy that we can trust for these reasons. He's proved it every single day since the day that he got here. There's no place else he'd rather be than right here. Right. And more so than anything, I mean, as seeing the way the – players respond and i know you can't make the decision based on what the players want yeah because if the players made all the decisions I, there wouldn't be an ad right i like, sort of think like i i will say like i do think in this whole thing whether it be you know coaching change coaching hire whatever i don't think it's not like deaf ears to what the players think mm-hmm. like I, I do think that there is a certain degree yeah. where you're not listening to all 105 but there is a way to figure out you know a little bit of hey what do you guys think mm-hmm. you know Heck, you probably would have been in that role, in all honesty, K. Calla, when you were here. You might have been the middleman yeah. between the uppers and, and the players at that For point sure. in time, relaying what, what all the players felt. So yep. if if that has any influence, though, oh, my gosh, that that is going to heavily swing in the favor of Spencer Danielson totally. on this thing. Yeah. I think um, you have to take into account – I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of other candidates that can do it, you yeah. know, and Coach D can do it. So you got to factor in a lot of different things about each of those guys and each of those scenarios and each of their strengths and each of their weaknesses. Like Coach D's weaknesses or inexperiences in certain areas are going to be different than probably all other nine or 10 or 15 Maybe. I know in the past, Jeremiah Dickey, the athletic director of Boise State, said, hey, we're going to launch a nationwide search Mm -hmm. for this position, and then we're going to whittle it down. And one more note that Boise State revealed today is that they're going to start to conduct interviews with the finalists as soon as this week, which, Mm -hmm. man, it's Thanksgiving week. This is going to be a tight week right here. When it comes to Spencer Danielson's chances to get this thing, I just I wonder when he starts to I wonder when he starts to interview. Mm. I wonder when he gets to pay attention to this. Yeah. Because knowing him right now, all he's gonna want to do is try to win football games yeah. and take care of his players, right? Totally. Like he's such that type of guy that I don't think he would want to try to worry about interviewing for this job right now as they're mm. trying to get what ready to beat Air Force. Yep. I think he's more concerned about, man. Are my players going to feel loved on Thanksgiving? Mm-hmm. I want to make sure, and a lot of them aren't going to be with their families. I want to make sure that they feel loved, right? Yep. That's Spencer Danielson. Yeah, totally. And I think because of the way he's handling every week from last week, wherever Coach Danielson ends up after this, yeah. he's going to look back at his time here and have 
zero regrets about I agree. what he did and the impact that he had. And on the flip side of that, I feel honestly the same way about JD, Jeremiah. Like, I trust him. I really appreciate and respect him as a person. I care about him a lot. And, like, he's a guy where when you talk to him, you know he's being genuine mm -hmm. and sincere. And I've done that many of times yep. over the last few years of him being here. And so I know that he's going to make the right decision, and I trust whatever that decision is. Because similar to Coach D, it's like this guy, every time I see him, shows up this exact same way Yes, and gives you a big hug every time. Like, that's love, mm -hmm. and that's care. And like, hey, I, how are you doing? Like, how are you doing? When it's not like – It's not passing hey, by. How, how are you doing? doing? Like, yeah, yeah, it's like, how are you doing? Like, let's, let's talk. Let's connect. Yeah. Let me tell you I appreciate you and – what can I do for you and how can I serve you? I, I'm so confident in so many of the attributes that Spencer Danielson has right now that I think he would be a good football coach here mm -hmm. at Boise State and a good head coach here at Boise State. Jeremiah Dickey will identify if there's a better one. Mm -hmm. And I fully believe yep. that he is capable of doing that because I don't think that he has let Bronco Nation down since the moment he stepped on campus. Totally. He has proven that he will always fight for what is ever best for the program. Mm -hmm. And that even means making uncomfortable decisions. Yep. One that he said he felt with his head, heart, and his gut that he had to make a little over a week and a half ago to fire Andy Avalos. It's the first head coach that has ever been fired in season in the history of the Boise State football mm -hmm. program. And his head, heart, and gut told him to do that. Sure, it was uncomfortable, but he felt like it was what was best for the program. Mm -hmm. I expect him to use that same passion, that same demeanor, that same, same aggressiveness as he goes, as expe as he goes out and, and finds the next leader of the Boise State yep. football program. What I want to ask you is as things change in college football, I look back at your career, man, and college football was still the college football that we knew. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. That weird COVID season was thrown into the, you know, near the end of your career, which sucked for everybody. But in terms of the transfer portal, NIL, it is just a different game now, right? Mm -hmm. So as you look at today's game, the guidelines, the rules of today's game, what do you think is the most important quality or maybe are the most important qualities of a head coach? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot more factors and things that you have to coach and mentor guys on mm -hmm. through their time with you as the head coach. Because you're not only like when I showed up, it was, hey, we're going to help you be a great student. We're going to help you be a great football player and then in turn become a great person in this community. Now you have to add in, hey, we're going to help you hopefully make great sound decisions with your finances, yep. with your personal business life, with your branding, with whatever's best for, you know, you as a player, you as a person, our team. So long gone are the days I feel of you recruit a guy in and you've you've got him there you know for three four or five years like six six years, years. <laughs> you, recruit, you recruit guys in and it's like that recruiting doesn't stop it doesn't and so you've got to be the same guy you told that player in high school that you're going to be do for him his family for the program like if you don't do that at some point in that career, like there's a lot of different options and ways for guys to go. Yep. And so that's where I think the consistency and the genuineness of the head coach mm -hmm. and like doing all the things that you said you were going to do and continuing to grow in those and give guys opportunities. I feel outside of name, image and likeness mm -hmm. and paying guys because that, that can be a great tool and a great foundation for guys to take whatever's next in life. But how do you help them create and build something with that? If you give a guy money, how do you help him make sound decisions and create the next opportunity using that? Because a lot of guys don't have the opportunity to get that amount of money, maybe even in their first three, four, five years out of football. Yeah. You know what I mean? Some, like, some of these guys maybe never again in life. That's right. I yeah. mean, so talk about a great chance to really mentor guys on what that might look like mm -hmm. and be somebody that they can, they can trust and lean on and coach. This is really hard. Like, I don't know what to do. What should I do? Okay. So more, than, more so than anything, I, I kind of tried to set you up here a little bit because kind of my point of this is you just talk for two minutes about what you feel like could make a good head coach. Mm -hmm. And I know this eventually really matters. I, I do. But you didn't talk about X's and O's. Mm. You didn't talk about knowing how to 
dial up a blitz, you know, or, or whatever. You, you talked about how to create relationships mm. and be genuine, mm. right? Yep. And I, I just feel like those are such important qualities of a head coach these days. Totally. Way back when, a million years ago, when I was going through some of the recruiting process for baseball, I remember I went to one school and, and I they, they were so nice to me and they, they give you the apparel under the table and you're just feeling good about things. You're like, oh man, these guys love me. And we get in the car and I'm feeling good about it. My dad looks over at me and goes, hey, just by the way, I'm going to let you know that uh, you're never going to be treated better than you are on your recruiting trip. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yep. And the next school we go to was another coach that was kind of more of a stern guy, you know, um, had a real strict schedule with the players. Mm -hmm. You wake up at six, you lift at six, we're all here. And I remember kind of walking away. I'm like, man, that, that's a little too strict for me. You know, I remember thinking that. And now as I, as I got through college and I look back, right, I went the friendly route and I regret going the friendly route because once I got on campus, Mm -hmm. I saw the best version of them before I stepped on campus. The other coach, he almost showed you the worst version mm -hmm. of himself. And if you were willing to live with that, then he was going to make you a great player. Mm -hmm. If you could live with the worst version of him, um, which, again, was more just you're going to be here at six to, to lift. You're not going to just do it whenever you want. Mm -hmm. And I, I take that with me to this day in terms of the decisions that I make. I'm like, eh, you don't always take the easy route or the, yeah. or the obvious route. And um, – Either way, I just I think that those are those things are important. So, if you're never going to be treated nicer than you are on your recruiting trip, well, with the transfer portal these days, oh yeah, every single day is a recruiting trip. That's right. So it's important to have that person mm -hmm. every single day. And I don't know about the other candidates yet. I know about Spencer Danielson. I think he checks that box. Mm -hmm. Whatever guy takes over permanently in that seat. I think that's a very important box that he has to check. Being very consistent every day. That doesn't mean that you can't have tough love. Yep. But if you exhibit tough love, you better make sure it's coming from a, a, a place where it seems genuine because you want the best for that mm -hmm. player, right? Yeah. Because if it comes off as you're just mean all the time. Totally. Yeah. Hey, can I get in the portal and go wherever besides this place? Yep. I think it's like when you recruit um, these student-athletes, and young men out of high school more so now than ever it's really important to help them or you as the coach identify what their vision is mm -hmm. and what their goals are in all of these different areas of life figure out how far they want to go in football and why they want to do it figure out what they want to do or think they want to do in work or their career after football mm -hmm. figure out what their goals and their vision are for their family whether it's the one that they've come from or the one that they want to create figure that out figure out what their academic goals are, figure out what their um, social, social circle and those goals are. Because if I can figure out this is where this guy's vision is, how do I add value to that as a coach? And if I can show him what the process is and help the player and the family and everybody know exactly why we're doing this, when you show up at 6 a.m., I'm going to say, hey, show up at 6 a.m., well, as a player, you're not going to blatantly say, well, why? But as a coach, you need to let these players and these kids know, hey, here's why this is going to align with your vision for who you want to become, which we talked about and agreed to when you showed up here. Yeah, that vision might change, but if I can trust you and you can trust me enough to share what that is and I'm going to help bring the best out of you and add value to all these different areas of your life. If I was making the decision as a high school kid, I want to know that, hey, if I come here, these are all the different ways and the things that I do every single day in the football facility and in school. I know why I'm doing it, and it's to add value and help me grow into this vision that I said. Here's mm -hmm. who I want to be, and here's why I want to be that person. And, like, outside of throwing money at kids like really that's the whole reason you come to college is to have the time to grow and mature into that and have the right people around you and that's going to take you a lot further in your life than it is some nil money or having the opportunity to transfer to a lot of different areas and so i think it's just getting on the same page as the head coach for what each of my guys visions are and how do i bring in the right guys on the coaching staff mm -hmm. that can cultivate and pour into that vision. And those guys are going to be the X's and those guys, but I'll make sure that we're hitting all these targets in all these different areas. So 
our player, when he has an opportunity to go somewhere else, he knows he's been building his time and his career here at our university and our school and our program. And we've been depositing into him all of these different things that are going to set him up for what he knows he wants to do whenever things end for him in the football field. So if you look at the Boise State football team, I mean, regardless of who the head coach is, there is some significant talent that will be left behind on this roster. Now, that new coach is going to have to make sure that he does a really good job at player retention because, mm -hmm. again, they can freely leave. And I, we discussed this last week on the podcast, Kekala, but now that Andy Avalos has been fired in the NCAA, if your head coach is let go, the moment he's let go, the transfer portal opens up. Mm -hmm. So if anybody on the Boise State roster right now wanted to jump in the transfer portal, they could say, deuces, I'm out, it's been fun, I'm going to go find another opportunity. So far, and I, I know this to be fact, that hasn't happened at all. Not one single player has, has tested the transfer portal yet. Mm -hmm. They're all buying into Spencer Danielson's message of two more games, which is now one more game, which can turn into three more games. Right. If you win this game, you get the Mountain West Championship and then a bowl game. Talking about the talent on this roster and kind of how you've seen it develop, though, I mean, a guy like Ty Benefield certainly stands out to me. Mm -hmm. And his game and how it has evolved over the year, I feel like early on it was like, hey, man, I'm on the football field. This is fun. It's an opportunity. Now, he is so diligent in his preparation process, right? But you look at the way he played last week, seven tackles, two sacks, two and a half tackles for loss. Dude was all over the place. Mm -hmm. What do you think about Ty Benefield? I think he's an awesome athlete, but even better person. Like, from the time I've talked to him, I think I've – met him the first day that he showed up on campus yeah. i was in the facility in the summer and he showed up and i could tell that he wanted to do all the things that it took to become the person who he wanted to be yeah and so now seeing it what is that week 11 mm -hmm. in the season it's like this has only been a matter of time and like long time coming for this guy because he you don't know where your opportunity is going to come from like similar to the entire season for us all of a sudden the opportunities here to punch your ticket into the championship game. You don't know when it's coming or where it's coming from, but he's, I feel, done all the things. And from seeing it from the outside looking in and hearing about some of it from the inside, like he's doing all the right things. Yeah. And it's only a matter of time before that opportunity shows up. And if you've stacked enough chips in all those areas, which I think Ty's done, now he's in a position to really capitalize on that and mm -hmm. just have fun doing it. Cause it's like, I've been prepared for this. Yeah. Now it's finally here. Let me enjoy the moment and go and do it. And watching him, like, none of the moments or none of the things look too big for him. And that means that he's been disciplined in his preparation to the point where the external factors and moment doesn't mean anything because you're so focused on what you've done and what you can control. You know, the funny thing is I tricked you again. Wow. I, was a, I was actually just asking you to talk about yourself. <laughs> Why? I'll let Spencer Danielson explain. Thank the world of Ty Benefield. Thank the world of not only who I believe he can be for us on and off the field, but who he is right now. Outside of the physical attributes he has, he's tall, he's fast, he can run. His work ethic and his attention to detail as a true freshman, I haven't seen in a very long time. And I've related his mentality to a Kakala Kaniho in regards to that mentality as a true freshman where you're never satisfied. I got a sack, yeah, but it could have been faster, right? Oh, I covered that guy, yeah, but my eyes, I lost my eyes for a second. That's just who he is. He's relentless. As He's a relentless competitor that always wants to push the envelope. So the sky's the limit for him because he's never going to be satisfied. And for a young man, not only has he taken over leadership of that freshman group, um, he's a guy now the older guys look at and like, they trust him. They know the mentality he's going to play with. They know the effort he's going to play with. And even more than that, they know how much work he's put in. And they know he's ready. I've been covering this program. This is my 13th season. And I always keep track of these names that are years removed from the program, K. Kala. And for some reason, two, three, four, five, however many years that it becomes removed, and guys still bring up their names. Jamar Taylor, Avery Williams, Brett Rippon, K. Kala Kaniho. You've been you haven't been a player there for a few years now, and your name still comes up. How, how cool! Uh, randomly too, by the way, yeah. that was completely unsolicited. <laughs> and I asked Spencer Danielson, and all of a sudden he brings up your name out of nowhere. It mm -hmm. seems. Yeah, it's pretty awesome looking back and seeing. I guess the impact I had there, you know, and just 
really focusing to try to be my best one to not let the guys around me down like when I was a young guy all I cared about was making sure like the juniors seniors and guys all older than me and coaching staff trusted me enough to put me in a position to help the team mm -hmm. and so I guess looking back on my career it was just doing that over and over again and trying to be the best in every area that I could it's cool now looking back and seeing kind of people I guess remember that or mm -hmm. look back and say hey this is somebody that you know did the best they could and did it right in terms of a guy that also does the best that he can I think every time he steps on the the freaking football field plays with a super high effort I want to acknowledge him for a second because I think he took some heat early in the season what do you think of the way Alexander Tubner's playing right now I think he's playing great. Man, he's, I think he, his his physical presence on this defense, mm -hmm. he does not have the stature of J.L. Skinner, but has to play J.L. Skinner's spot, right? Mm -hmm. You look at a dude that lays the freaking wood, oh, yeah. does so legally. Mm -hmm. Man, I don't think people start, are, are realizing right now the type of physical presence that Alexander Tubner has on oh, this yeah. defense. Yeah, that's a guy that plays with heart and like really, really cares about what he can do to impact the game and how he can be the best db that he can be and i'm not taking credit for what he's doing because he did it all on oh, his own okay but when he was a young guy like just coming in walk on trying to figure out where the bathroom is and how to move around the facility you sold him an elevator pass in a place <laughs> that didn't have elevators <laughs> exactly. no, i was kidding exactly i could i could tell as a older guy vet like okay this dude really cares like when you ask him to finish through the line in summer workouts like he's gonna run through that line like nope get out of his way because you can't stop him mm -hmm. and when you ask him to show up this way he's going to show up this way because he really cares about pulling his weight for the team and a guy that hey when he messes up you can tell he cares because he really takes it upon himself and almost is really strict on who he is and what he can be to the point of like he might get a little frustrated when he doesn't do what he th knows he's capable of mm -hmm. and so when you see young guys that come in that way it's like those are the guys you want to help because you don't got to drag them to the watering hole and you can't make them drink the water. If they if they want it and you can see like, hey, he cares enough to ask all the right questions and just stick around and, hey, can you uh, help me do some footwork, you know, in the off season? Can you help me do this and that? And like to this past summer, I worked out with him probably five or six times. I get off of work and I just drive straight to the field, change, put my cleats on, and it's me and, me and Tubner. Like, just two of us I out did. there. I didn't know that. And I'm like, hey, Tube, like, what are you feeling? What do you want to work on? He's like, my brakes coming out this way don't feel as comfortable. And I just break it down and make it real simple for him to, hey, let's just focus on this and make you feeling confident and fast. And he's a guy that will hit me up, like, every couple of weeks. Like, let's get together. I need to get right and, you know, pick your brain on things. Mm -hmm. So we have a really – really cool relationship yeah actually where, now that i think about this and again i was not i did not intentionally go this route but he's actually been home with you guys a couple yeah. of times right yeah the last two summers he's spent mo almost all of his may break in hawaii sleeping on our <laughs> couch or floor so he could be there with nohi and get the training and the recovery mm -hmm. and the on-field position work that he saw enough in us of like hey these guys like are doing something different. Yep. He's like, can I come home with you guys? He's like, yeah, I mean, sure. Like, no problem, man, let's go. You guys got a nickname for him or anything? Nah, just Tube. Just Tubes? Okay. Yeah. I don't know if you, there's some island brother or something like that. Uh, but I, yeah. Um, how about this? How about a, a player during your playing days that um, almost seemed a little crazy with how much he would be willing to do to have his brother's back like the guy that if you're going through a dark alley or down a dark alley he's like mm -hmm. no nah, i'm right behind you k Kala. the guy that it's like oh man i got a flat tire all right i'll drive and pick you up mm -hmm. um who who was that guy during your time at boise state that just kind of like always showed he'd be willing to do anything to try to help you or your not just you but anyone on the team you know out with with whatever they needed mm -hmm. there's a couple guys i mean Bruno was always that guy for me. Oh, Bruno DeRose? Bruno DeRose was that guy He's for me. He's the man. He's the man. Big fan of Bruno. Um, DJ, DJ Shram yeah. was a guy like that for me. Um, i trying to think of some DBs. I mean, Kekoa, when he was playing, was a guy like that for me. Nawahine? Yep. Jabril was a guy like that for me, one now, of the older guys. Now a coach at Boise State? Jake Rowe was one of the guys like that for me. Okay. I remember going to, guy? going to acupuncture 
when I was a freshman. I didn't have a car or nothing. And Jake Rowe would come pick me up from the dorms, take me there. Somebody, either he or somebody else would take me back. Mm -hmm. He was a guy that was like that for me. I, I ask you this um, because Ahmed Hassanin, mm -hmm. multiple times, and man, I, I'm trying not to even say this with a smile because he says it so seriously. Like, he goes, I'll die for one of my brothers. Mm -hmm. Like, this is this is real to me. This means something to me. Like, I will do anything for any player on this team. Mm -hmm. And I think that's such an important, important part of his story because he's got this motor, this drive that is unmatched. And now all of a sudden you look up at the top of the SAC leaderboard in the Mountain West Conference and Hassanin is sitting at number two mm -hmm. and he is closing in in a hurry on number one. Yep. He has only been playing football for like five years, K. Kala. Mm -hmm. And I think when you look at his game, like the most exciting thing about it is he's going to be able to develop this whole pass wrestling package that is going to be make him so much more dangerous. Right now, he's probably still green, still developing in a hurry. He lives off energy, effort, and just this nonstop motor to chase down the quarterback. Yep. And it's resulted in 11 sacks, the most since some guy named Curtis Weaver was roaming around Boise <laughs> State. Yeah, right? Uh, he had 13 and a half sacks in 2019. Ahmed has 11 at the moment, the most since Curtis Weaver was, was running down the quarterback um, here at Boise State. How impressive has Ahmed been and the player that he yeah. has turned into? Yeah, I think um... – well, another guy, I have to say it, Avery Williams was another guy that oh, got for me. I think Avery and, Williams, like, just we just assume that yeah, at this yeah. point, right? And there's, like, a few other guys that I missed. So if you guys see this and you're like, why didn't you say me? Like, <laughs> you were there. Um, but, yeah, Ahmed, I mean, dude, talk about a guy who, to your point, like, almost Coach D type, like, passion and energy where no matter what, that guy is going to be there. And everything that he says he cares about, he's going to show you why he cares about it. He's the guy in practice that is going just as hard as if it was the, if it was fourth and ten in, yep. in the Super Bowls on the line. Like, yep. he really is that guy. Yeah. I mean, when you don't turn it off, you have no other choice but to do that mm -hmm. day in and day out. And I really like the violence that he plays with. Mm -hmm. And I remember he was a freshman and we were doing, like, Oh, I forgot. You did barely overlap with yeah. him. Okay, yeah. He was a freshman, and we were in the weight room, and uh, it was a bench press day. And it was like we were doing four by three sets, so four sets yeah. of three reps. And he had 315 or 325 on the bar doing his sets of three reps as a freshman. And I'm like, who's that guy right there? <laughs> we need to get him on the field to some capacity. Yeah. And I think he brings he, – he pairs up his – uh, physical gifts and his abilities on the field mm -hmm. with his mental dedication and decisions every single day to put everything that he can into it. And I think uh, he he's a guy that you can tell, like, is very aware of the finite opportunities that he has to play football. Yep. So he's going to go out there and give it everything he has. In terms of his consistency, his effort, his passion, mm -hmm. Spencer Danielson agrees. Take a listen. So proud of Ahmed. You talk about a guy that just tirelessly works, loves this program. When I talk about guys who want to finish strong, he's the guy that will call me. Motivated on focus. Came a long way from the lowest. Checking with me like whatever you need, we're finishing this thing. That's who he is. Dampier back to pass. Now the rush closes in and Dampier is going to be sacked. Hassanin. He does that in how he trains. He does that in how he practices. And I'm just so proud of him that now it's showing up in production on the field. Two tight ends shift to the right for New Mexico. Dampier with the snap. Dampier is going to be sacked. First sack of the game. He's a guy that I love coaching. I love being around. His teammates love being around him. You don't need to guess if Ahmed's going to show up and be ready to work and be, able to be ready to do his job. They say what doesn't kill you make you stronger. All that pain it made me to a monster. There's a lot of things for him that he's going to consistently work to grow and even be better. And that's the exciting part for us is his best football is in front of him. All that pain, it made me to a monster. Jumping over to the offensive side of the ball now. Uh, it was so cool to see George Halani back doing his thing. You know, he had 182 yards rushing. I found, I found four more for him, by the way, and I am going to take credit for this. <laughs> On game day, they accidentally credited a four-yard rush to – Ashton Genty that George had. It was in the book. As I'm going back watching the game with, with the play-by-play. -play, you go, that's George. I go, that's George, right? <laughs> the significance of this, he had 178 yards rushing, Kekala. 
that ties his his all times or his, his uh, career high for single game rushing yards. Okay. Now he breaks it, 182. I was gonna say, yeah, is that right? before or after your? Yeah, so he he, get, he gets to 182 now. So okay. he breaks his his, his all time record for rushing yards in a single game. He also now gets to 191 all purpose yards, which ties his all time single game mark. So I have established a career night. For That's George Halani, I'm not going to give George any credit. This is on me. Um, <laughs> it, but it was so cool to see him back doing his thing. Yeah. And George is one of those guys that he was he was so quiet early in his his career at Boise State, and then all of a sudden when he was like a junior, he started to speak up. Mm-hmm. And I think that he has such a cool voice, not literally what he says, what he's about, his presence. I I, I just think he is so significant to that locker room mm-hmm. right now because. I think there are a few guys on the football team that are as selfless as George Halani. Mm-hmm. That Ashton Genty, who was one of the best running backs in college football, comes in, and you're not worried about how do I keep this guy on the sideline and keep my carries. George is all about how do I make him better mm-hmm. so he pushes me to be better. We can pretend, sit here and pretend like that's a really natural mentality to have on, on a football field or, or in sports in general, but I would be lying to you because we're all competitors. The fact he truly lives that is mm-hmm. remarkable to me. Yeah. I think he's a humble warrior, man. Like true confidence is when you're not afraid to share what has gotten you to the place that you're at because you're confident enough in yourself and your abilities and your skills to not only one, do it for yourself, but two, bring other guys with you. Mm-hmm. And like that's George Holani to a T. Like he he knows how good he is, but he's humble enough to say there's other places that I can give back, get better, and be a great teammate. And a guy that, to your point, is so even keeled in his temperament and his personality. Like, every single day, it's the same George mm-hmm. Halani. I mean, it's like all the guys we're talking about. It's like when they show up, it's like, that's George. Yep. Every day. Just this right here, flatline, like, quiet dude. But when it's time to go, like, he can go. And then after he makes the play, he's like, George Halani. Yep. Like, right back to it. And there- so when he, when he speaks, mm-hmm. you're like, this is a guy that, one, does it out on the field. But then, two, like... When he says something, it's really important because he doesn't say a ton. Yep. So when he's talking, let's listen to what he's got to say because we know he's about it and can do it. I don't really admit to being fans of, of players on the team. I will, and if, if I do, it has nothing to do with production and everything to do with character and thinking mm-hmm. like, man, I hope my little boy gets to be around a guy like that one day on the team because he's going to make him better, right? Mm-hmm. I'm a fan of George Helani. Yep. I'm a, I'm a big fan of George Helani. There was a time earlier this season where Ashton was out and George, I believe this was the Fresno State game, which had a terrible outcome, but George certainly did his part in that contest. And there was, a, there was somebody on Twitter that tweeted at me, R.I.P. Hulani. And I don't, get, I, don't, I don't take that low-hanging fruit too often because I don't really like to surround myself with negativity. But like I said, I'm a fan of George Hulani, so I, I just said, you know what, I'm diving into this mm-hmm. one. I'm like, you're ridiculous. You're being an idiot. Yeah. Uh, if you had any idea about this guy, there's no way you would. Uh, well, I, I don't even know. Probably that guy's probably so you know naive mm-hmm. or whatever that he could never acknowledge it. The keyboard warrior. It, keyboard warrior. And I <laughs> and now like as George Halani's picking up a buck eighty two, I'm like, I wonder what that guy's thinking. <laughs> I don't really care, but I, I hope you're starting to realize how dumb your tweet was earlier this year, counting George Halani out. Totally. Staying in the backfield though, talking about another great player, Ashton Genty. This is a guy that's going to face like a, a lot of the adversity that's going to be thrown his way due to the new circumstances of NIL and the transfer portal. Kikal, if you were still in the program, I mean, you still are a part of the program. You have a little brother in the program. What is some of the advice that you might give a guy that is going to be lured away, whether it be Ashton, whether it be anybody that's going to be getting the DMs right now from boosters at SEC schools Mm -hmm. or wherever that are saying, hey, you want this much money to come here? What is the reason that you would, what is the reason you would stay? Or what are some of the things that you would be like, this need, they need to check this box for me to go? Mm Mm-hmm. That's a really hard question. I mean, if I put myself in Ashton's shoes, it's like I want to understand the entirety of like each opportunity because the last thing you want to do is jump into one of them emotionally or only for one reason because there's always like there's invisible strings that are getting pulled and you don't realize there's a part mm-hmm. of the deal that might be there. Not saying that's good or bad, right? No, but, but you, I, I think you're exactly right. Like, I mean, I, I think there's kind of like this underlying story. Ashton Gentry could probably play wherever the heck mm, he wants in America. Yeah. But I, I, you've kind of started to hear these stories about NIL where, mm. and I, I, I just want to say this, I'm not trying to influence anyone's decision about anything, yeah. but it's just the reality of it. You hear all of a sudden where now 
one SEC school that hears their rivals going after a player says, we'll offer you more to keep him away from here. Mm. But in reality, he's not even going to really play for you much yeah. because you got you know, three wide receivers that are All-American status, yep. and you're going to have a tough time getting on the field. Totally. You could have played for this team, but we offered you slightly more to keep it away. So that's why mm-hmm. we're talking about like really understanding the intent, the entire picture. Yep. I, I hope the process is vetted before anyone makes a decision like that yeah. and just doesn't see a dollar figure. Totally. I think it's you got to understand and educate yourself on as much as you can. And honestly, I'd be like, bro, Ashton, like, whatever's best for you and what, what's next for you and what you need to reach all of your goals and your vision that you have for yourself and your family and all these things, like, I'm going to support you either way because you're my brother and I trust you and, like, I want the best for right. you. I'm not going to... I'm not going to backlash you for doing something that maybe I don't selfishly want. Like, I want you to be here, and we all want you to be here for all of these reasons. But, like, if there's something that's better for you and your family and you feel in your heart that that's where you're called to and where you need to be at and what you need to do to take that next step in your journey, I'm like, dude, call me whenever you need help yeah. with anything. You know, that, I mean, that's the only thing you can do. I think I mean, the, the cool thing about Ashton I'm like a thousand percent confident that he's that type of person. Mm-hmm. He's that mature that all of this stuff going around on the outside of people speculating and wondering, like I, I am so confident that Ashton Genty is going to just go off and make the right, deso- right decision for him and his family. Mm-hmm. And maybe there are, maybe there are people that love the decision. Maybe they're on, I, I don't know. I don't I don't know what the decision is going to be, Yeah. but I just, I'm so confident in him to follow that process out and uh, totally. And he deserves whatever. Yeah, he deserves if he, whatever. If he can sleep at the end of the day, knowing that he, thought everything through and is confident in his decision, like, dude, good, go, go do it, you know? More th- He'll be great anywhere. He will be great anywhere. And and I, I think one thing that this all of a sudden creates is like when I was a kid, right, Ken Griffey Jr. was my favorite player. Do you even know who Ken Griffey Jr. was? Yeah, baseball player. Okay, just making sure because I'm dating myself right now. But um, you would go to a game to simply watch him take four at-bats, mm-hmm. and it was the best night of your life because you got to see the kid play. Mm-hmm. And right now, I get that feeling, or I, I, Bronco Nation should have that feeling. Anytime they show up to Albertson Stadium, like, man, two's on the field. Yeah. I could see something special today. Totally. And that's why, like, who knows? Friday, it might be it. It might just be the beginning, too. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. But I'm not going to miss the opportunity if I'm Bronco Nation to maybe watch two play one more time on the blue. Totally. It could be one more time. It could be 15 more times. I don't know. But I'm not going to miss this next opportunity. Totally. We got all the right players in the room, and, like, to your point – it's so exciting seeing everybody play together in this way. And two's been doing it all year, mm-hmm. but even more so now, like with George fully back and them having an opportunity to bounce off of each other and have their moments and opportunities to make something happen. Yeah. I mean, you can't look away from the TV when you got you can't. two, four, and two out there. Right. At different times or at the same time or, you know. It's special. Now one's coming I'll along too. Breezy Dubar, 57 yards rushing. He had a touchdown. Okay, Cal is going to be there. He'll sign autographs if you find them. Uh, <laughs> free. You, hey, there is no way the final game of the season could set up better than this. Mm-hmm. Boise State's been through all this adversity, and now they have a chance to secure a spot in the Mountain West Conference Championship game and go off and win a title and get to a big-time bowl game and end this season not with a question mark or an asterisk, but an exclamation mark. It's against Air Force, a team where quietly this subtle rivalry has developed between Boise State and Air Force. And now you get them on the blue with everything on the line, a chance that despite all the storylines that have gone on in the season, this is the moment you get to define your season. Mm -hmm. How excited are you for Friday? I can't wait. I know that everybody everybody understands if you just say – all we're focused on is this week. Like everybody knows what's on the other side of that. You know, you can't shy away from that. But I think what the biggest test is with Air Force every single year, no matter when you play them or where you play them at, they're going to test your focus and your discipline. And if we, I know we can do it. Mm-hmm. So now it's just the guys going out there and really buying into that, weathering the storm early on. It might happen quickly on defense because those guys are really good at what they do. Yep. But I think that we, are capable, prepared, or in the perfect like mental headspace and physical readiness to go out there and again put on a show and really put an exclamation mark on what this year has been. So this is what is on the line. This is what needs to happen. Boise State has a chance to really control their destiny. If they lose, this thing's over because Air Force is going to clinch a spot in the Mountain West Conference Championship game. 
probably against UNLV. Mm. If Boise State wins and UNLV beats San Jose State, then unless there is some crazy thing that happens, um, actually, no, that would be the scenario where it would be Boise State and, and UNLV, UNLV likely yeah. playing in Las Vegas, unless for some reason they can't secure Allegiant Stadium. I've confirmed they definitely um, have every intent of doing so, but you do have the Pac-12 title game at 6 o'clock on Friday. The Raiders play at 225 on Sunday. The Mountain West Conference Championship would have to kick off in between that. That is a lot, even for a venue that is prepared to handle a lot, yeah. right? That's so, why they built it. Exactly. But that, that would be the only reason why it would be it potentially could be in Boise, and it's just this weird little loophole. Now, if UNLV loses to San Jose State and Boise State wins, it creates this three-way tiebreaker between San Jose State, UNLV, and Boise State. Now we go to the computer rankings. Uh, UNLV would – I mean, it would, it's impossible. It really is for them to drop far enough to not be a part of the equation and to not uh, really host um, – so if, if it comes down to computer rankings, UNLV is going to be in. Mm. If um, that happens, then it becomes a, a, a close race between Boise State and San Jose State. Right now, Boise State, the composite computer rankings, uh, Boise State has about a seven-spot advantage on San Jose State. So if, if all this plays out, will San Jose State get enough credit for beating UNLV to jump Boise State, who just mm. beat Air Force, who is also at 54 in those rankings? It just seems super, super unlikely to me. That way, if, that way, if Boise State can beat Air Force, yeah. man, it seems like there's like a 90% chance that they're going to mm. play for a championship in Las Vegas next week, unless Vegas can't host it for whatever reason, right? Yeah. So I do this with Shane. I get score predictions from him every week. Mm. You got a second to think about this here. Uh, when this game was originally speculated about a few weeks ago when Air Force was 8-0 sitting in the top 25, uh, they were going to be favored in this game. Boise State, according to ESPN's Football Power Index, only had about a 42% chance of winning this game. Mm -hmm. Now with everything that's played out, Boise State has a 64% chance of winning this game. All of a sudden, the line up to 6.5 in favor of Boise State. Uh, we don't give betting advice here, Kay Kaula, unless you really want to, but in your eyes, how does this thing play out against the Falcons? I think it's going to be probably a little more lower scoring than what maybe people anticipate because those guys are going to want to control the tempo. They're going to want to control the pace. If we get up big early, definitely advantage Broncos because you get those guys uncomfortable with how much time is left on the clock for mm -hmm. what they want to do. Um, I think Air Force is going to score 17 and Boise State's going to be at 34 by 17. 34-17. Yeah. So that'd yeah, be ten straight, 10 straight games with over thirty points for Boise State. Yeah, there'll be a couple field goals in there. Oh, because well, that's because if Jonah Dalmus gets a chance, mm -hmm. like he's not missing. Yep. Yeah, and so thirty-four seventeen. Thirty-four seventeen. You heard it from Kay Calicaniho. It's been a fun one. Um, before we leave, I'm going to ask you about Senior Day. Mm. What's the final one like on the blue? DJ Schramm's going to go through it. Uh, Riley Smith's going to go through it. There are a number of guys that have the decision of whether or not they want to come back, but 18 total seniors are going to walk on senior day on Friday. What's the, what's the final one like on the blue? Yeah. And, and if you go back, is there anything you would change about the way you just tried to soak in your final game on the blue? Nope. I just got the chills, though, while you're saying that. because, And I'm still getting the chills now. <laughs> Because that place is – there's no place like it in the world where mm -hmm. you get to do that at home in front of Bronco Nation with the south end zone, with the blue field, and really feel the intensity and the Boise State and the light show now and all of these things. Like, the reason you come here is to run out on the field and get that experience and live in that moment. And doing it – from start to finish as a senior, you're like, hey, here's my exclamation mark on what my time has been here in, in this program and at this university. And so, I mean, I would, my advice would be just every single play and every single moment, don't, and when you run on the field, don't be afraid to really look around and like s step back from the front line of what you're about to go and do mm -hmm. and just look around and appreciate and enjoy what that place has been for you and yep. that foundation and the rock and pillar for your career here has been mm -hmm. um because you're not going to do it again with the same guys and you'll when you're done like me in a couple of years you're like that locker room was the best of times you yeah. know the wins and losses are great but like being able to go into the locker room after a hard workout after a day in the summer where you guys are the only guys here after a long day of 
practice in the season and week eight, nine, or ten, like the guys that you sit down and laugh with and cry with and lean on when you need something and help lift up when they need something, like you're not going to get those moments and those guys again. And so just be in the moment, man, and feel every single bit of it. Like try to slow it down as much as you can and mm -hmm. live in it and be in it. I still got my gloves that I wore that night saved. And like I'll keep those forever. Have those hung up in my jersey and all that stuff. Uh, you're one of the best, Kikala. We appreciate you uh, joining us on uh, J Sports Bar. We've certainly enjoyed it. We hope that you listening or watching have as well. Uh, 2 o'clock kickoff, Air Force on the blue this Friday. Everything on the line. Bronco roundup game day. The pregame show is going to start at 1 o'clock live from the blue. Uh, thanks again for filling in, bud. Yeah, thanks for having me. And let's uh, show up on Friday yeah. and be out there for our seniors and the guys. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you that, again, listening or watching. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap it up like this. Uh, here are some of the guys on looking forward to playing Air Force on the blue this Friday. Thanks for watching Jay's Sports Bar, serving the Idaho sports community. I'm so excited. It's going to be a great game. I mean, we just got to do our assignments, play ball, and play fast. Like Coach D said, play fast, play smart, play together. And if we do our assignments, I feel like we'll come out victorious, but we just got to see what happens. It's going to be a great atmosphere on Friday afternoon, and uh, we're excited to have Bronco Nation out full force to pack our Stadium out, and uh, they're going to be really loud for us, and it's going to be an awesome environment. I couldn't ask for or imagine a better last game uh, on the blue with my brothers than that. We'll